Welcome to LOL You're Gay, a gay comedy podcast with Adam Myatt and Lisa Buchanan. Hey, Lisa. Hey, Adam. How you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? Oh, not too bad. Very warm. Yeah. We're in, uh, I don't even, I can't even call it the middle of a heat wave at this no. point because it's been long standing and who knows when it's going to end. Yeah. I guess that is the definition of the middle. <laughs> now that I think about it. My brain is too hot to know. We're well into, well into a heat wave. Yeah. By Halifax standards. Yeah. I think honestly by like a lot of places. Yeah. Like I'm always like, oh, I can't go to Toronto in the summertime. It's too hot. But I'm like, it's Toronto out there it right now. It basically is. It, the Humidex said feels like 40 degrees today. Yeah. And that's not normal for here. We have an ocean that's supposed to counteract this it's not working no i feel like i maybe did this to us by accident (laughs) are you sure you want to confess (laughs) to this because people are upset (laughs) well it's a pretty uh out there theory so i don't think people will actually believe um it's just my own like anxiety and paranoia but um i've been watching the twilight zone oh recently yes um because i got tv which is very exciting. Mm-hmm. And so I've been DVRing uh, The Twilight Zone, um, which I've never really watched, but I've always been a huge fan of The X-Files. And like, it's, you know, kind of like the same, not the same thing, but it's like a similar it's, tone. Yeah. Um, the X-Files, one would say, has its roots. Yeah. In it, As do many sci-fi yeah. things in The Twilight Zone. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I couldn't put it into words, <laughs> but that was what I was trying to say. Um, yeah, so I've been like rewatching, not rewatching, I've been watching just random episodes of The Twilight Zone. And there was an episode, uh, like a week ago, week and a half ago that I watched. And it was about, um, how the Earth, uh, got somehow kicked off its orbit and then started rotating closer and closer to the sun. Oh. And the episode of The Twilight Zone is just about these two women in New York and they're basically like, the only people in the city. I mean, I don't know if it's the only people in the city, but like there's nobody in the city basically. Um, but they've decided to stay. And the episode basically just chronicles their last couple days. Um, when it gets like super, super, super hot, 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 like way, way, way hot. Yeah. And then like, spoiler alert. I mean, this show came out in the sixties. So like, I I feel like it's okay. Um, at the end of the episode, um, one of the characters, both characters die eventually, but the one that dies second uh, dies, and then she actually wakes up um, back in that room, and she's under a blanket, and it's like snowing outside, and the woman that she stayed with, um, you know, she's kind of just wandering around, huh. um, and then a doctor comes in and is like, oh, I don't know, this is the last time I'll be able to come, and da 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 Blah, blah, blah. Long story short, it's just the opposite. She was in this like coma thing where she's living this reality where the earth is getting closer and closer to the sun. But in reality, she's in a coma and the earth is actually getting farther Farther away away from the sun. So not only does she have to go through it once, but she has to go through the opposite. (laughs) Twilight Zone. That's pretty classic Twilight Zone. Wow. It's it was basically the Black Mirror of the 1960s. Like there, there are episodes. I haven't watched 
I don't know if I've ever seen an entire episode of The Twilight Zone, to be honest, but I know about it from yeah. hearing people like what just happened. Yeah, exactly. Uh, talk about <laughs> specific episodes. And they they have these harrowing endings. Like, they don't leave you on a note of like, no. oh, and then case closed. <laughs> it was just like, oh, no, it's even worse than you were led to believe in the first 15 minutes of this episode. Yeah. 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 It's a very strange show, but- it's so good. Mm. It's very entertaining. So I do recommend uh, if you haven't checked it out. I have been wanting to watch it for a long time because, for a very silly reason, which is, I mean, I probably wanted to watch it before this happened, but what really made me want to watch it a few years ago was when I went to Disney World for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, I had never went as a kid. I didn't go until I was in my early 20s for the first time. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it is the happiest place on earth. It's I'm, true. I've never been. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's... It's immaculate. But my favorite part of Disney World is the Tower of Terror. Okay. Which is a drop style uh, ride. Right. Like a drop zone sort is that of like the thing. Elevator? It's the elevator oh. in in the Hollywood something. The Hollywood Tower Hotel. Right. But the premise of it is it's an episode of the Twilight Zone. So you get this introduction oh. on the TVs from the the host. They have yeah. like this hologram version somehow of yeah. the What's his name? I can't remember. I have no idea. The host idea. of the Twilight Zone who gives the little <laughs> I've introduction. It a lot and I have no idea. I can't remember. Um, and it sets up the premise of what, where you are, the history of the hotel, all this sort of thing. Right. And the brilliant thing about this ride is, I mean, all of the rides at Disney are designed to, to a T. Like, it's a very, very impressive setup they've got going on down there. Um, so you, you're just immersed in this old hotel and all the elevator operators are wearing old school bellhop uniforms and that sort of stuff. But when you get on the elevator, there's about three or four that you're, and you're just randomly assigned to an elevator, but it's randomized, which drop you get. So I went on this ride no less than 14 times. Oh my God. I just loved it. And you never know which sequence of drops you're going to get when you're on the ride. So some t- there's there are sequential drops along the way. So right. the the doors you go like clang 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 up in the elevator. You're let out onto a track that leads you in the, the relative dark. Like you can't see where you're going. Mm-hmm. There's spooky stuff and lights and holograms and stuff floating around. And then you know you're at the top. The doors open. You see the entire park at what was once called MGM Studios, and I can't remember the name they call it now. Mm -hmm. And then you drop, but you stop after like an instant. And then the door opens again, and you you drop again, but you never know because there are different sequences how long or short or when the drops are going to happen. So you can go on the ride 14 times (laughs) and not – and you'll always be startled (laughs) – that combines my three nightmares. <laughs> uh, being in elevators. Hate it. I hate it. <laughs> I have to get off them early sometimes because I can't handle it. Because of the, the size? I, or the other it's, people? It's a combination of a lot of things. It's like it's a lot of layers. So it's like being around a lot of people, mm-hmm. uh, being in a tiny space, mm-hmm. and the dropping. I hate the dropping. Um, so it combines that nightmare mm-hmm. with uh, being at Disney, which is probably one of... It's not that I wouldn't do it. It's just it doesn't sound like it's a good time to me. For me as a person, I feel okay. like me, this person, doesn't like – because it's also like that's like a lot of lines. It's a lot of heat. It's a lot you of – You would be surprised. <laughs> I 
I won't do it now, but I think I could sell you on Disney World, which, <laughs> like, not my job. They don't need the promotion. That's next They're episode. not sponsoring this podcast. Yet. I'm not going to give them extra time. But I had the same feeling, like, mm-hmm. having not been there as a kid, lineups, hot. But this park is so well designed. Yeah. I was never hot. Because when you're in the line, even when you're in a line, yeah. there's fans, there's shade. Right. It's... It's not a Six Flags, not to bad. I've never been to a Six Flags, Neither but it's not one of these like. I have no barometer by which just to judge like any of this. Amusement parks, quote unquote, where yeah. it's just like they tore down a ton of trees and replaced them with roller coasters, and there's no atmosphere whatsoever. Right. This place is like they have customers in mind. It's it's a study in customer service going there. That's interesting. Yeah, it's fascinating. <laughs> I mean, maybe with that perspective, I'd be able to handle it. Yeah. If I'm like, but an elevator ride may not be your your favorite, as it was mine. Yeah, I anything where I like drop, it's just I've made a lot of scenes in a lot of elevators. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's also like it's it's the it's the balance between I'm terrified, but I'm also really lazy, and so. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, when will the terror trump the laziness? Mm. It's hard to know. Um, it hasn't yet. And so I still I just keep putting myself in that situation, yeah. even though I hate it. It's a convenience of modern life. <laughs> I, at our off, The office I work in has a terrible elevator. Mm. Um, I am convinced that it is the slowest elevator in Halifax Regional Municipality. I only ride it up, not down, mm. partly for that reason. And also, like, I'm half lazy, I guess. Like, right. I will take the stairs down for efficiency, mm-hmm. but I will wait in the lobby for it to take me up the stairs because we're on the seventh floor. And it's like, once I hit the fifth floor going up on foot, I'm not having it much longer. So, I don't think I've ever seen a fifth floor. <laughs> <laughs> but the elevator, I mean, it has the certificate, like, it is. It's been yeah. tested and it's got its little blue certificate, but I, it I was it happens regularly. It, and it happened today. I was in the elevator with somebody who clearly does not come to the building often, maybe mm. had never been there, and is not used to the sounds that it exudes right. when it is clambering up to the eight, seventh and eighth floor of the building, which I'm used to. Mm. I've become acclimatized to the clanging and the banging and the slight shaking at times and this poor guy was just like oh that's fun and I kind of looked at him what do you mean the the sounds that it's making I said yeah well so we were going up and knowing that he was inevitably going to be taking the elevator down I said uh just so you know sometimes it does shake a little bit on the way down it's totally normal don't be alarmed but it's a regular topic of conversation from with guests in the building that are sort of like you can see the yeah. terror on their faces like are we going to are we going to make it and it the thing that's a little bit troubling that is that in spite of having the safety <laughs> certificate or the registration certificate yeah. um it is examined on a monthly basis by the elevator people <laughs> which right. is not normal right yeah that's not normal no well i don't trust those little blue squares no i don't trust them here's why i've seen them taped to the wall that doesn't seem official. No, that doesn't. There's that, usually a little plaque There's usually a little sleeve. Thing. Yeah. You know, this is, a certificate gets a sleeve. Nope. I've worked places where it's just taped in the elevator, and I'm like, you know what? I'm pretty sure that was photocopied. I also uh, sometimes for work make 
fake reproductions of weird documents. <laughs> and I'm like, guess what? That looks like, like exactly what I do all day long. And so <laughs> I don't know. I don't yeah, know. I do feel like it's an easily replicable piece of paper. Yeah. Yeah. I'm only a little bit troubled, uh, well, not just if, in relation to this specific elevator, um, but here in Halifax, the chief inspector of the elevators, uh, who was a long, like very long standing in that position, um, retired in the last year or maybe two years. Right. Um, so the only reason I know his name which I think was Randall Kennedy. I'm pretty pretty yep. certain. Yep. Yeah, I'm pretty Randall sure that's Kennedy. right. <laughs> I remember that name not because his name is in every single elevator in the city, mm-hmm. but because when I was moving up here for university, I I was debating between going to Dal or Mount St. Vincent. So I went to the ori- summer orientations at both schools. Mm-hmm. And when I was at the Mount for a week, not, it wasn't a week, a few days, um, one of the activities they had organized for us was a scavenger hunt around the campus. And one of the items on the scavenger hunt was the name of the chief elevator inspector. <laughs> so I, I, ha- I committed Randall Kennedy to memory after that. Yeah, I think I could I think I think could maybe do his signature. Oh, probably. It, he I've seen it so many times. Yeah, yeah. it's very nice. He had nice penmanship. It was a very legible signature. But now the new certificates, there hasn't been somebody um, – permanently put in that position so it just says acting inspector Mm -hmm. uh at least on the one in in my office elevator and there's an illegible signature above it which is worrying to me yeah that's not i don't know i don't know this person no i can't read the signature i it feels far less i don't know knowing randall kennedy's name felt a little bit more personal (laughs) to me so while uh, the two of us and I think most human beings who live in Halifax have been uh, minding the heat. Um, I was going to say somebody, but it's not somebody. One thing that has been loving the heat are my green pepper plants uh, that I maintain at my condo. I'm the, uh, I've appointed myself head gardener. Um, and by that, I mean, I'm the only gardener. Mm-hmm who looks after the uh, communal container garden that is uh, on mostly on the roof of our building. There's some f- containers by the door that I put flowers in and stuff, but mm-hmm. I like to grow some uh, edibles, as they're called, right. um, <laughs> uh, up on the roof in these large pots. And normally I can't grow peppers very successfully because it's just not, even at that elevation, it's just not hot. We don't get the kind of heat that pepper plants want, mm-hmm. but Oh boy, I came back from a week of vacation thinking, oh gosh, everything's going to be totally dried out. Um, managed to get my sister to water stuff once while I was away, but uh, I've got three, four green peppers on the go. One of them is almost like the size where you would w- want to pick it and eat it. It's incredible. I'm really excited. So I was out in the garden um, yesterday or the day before, kind of checking in on everything when I got back, and... Uh, noticed that something was eating my kale which is not usually a problem kale (laughs) (laughs) and but i could tell it was like a small thing that was munching away Mm -hmm. um and thought oh and normally because i'm on a roof seven eight stories up i don't have to deal with pests very much the way people in the down in the dirt do (laughs) (laughs) at ground level um, but every once in a while, you know, how they get there, I don't know. They're either in the soil with the plants when I buy them or 
bird flies by and drops something or who knows um nature will find a way i prefer that there's a, na- a nature conspiracy yeah against, against you and your peppers yeah yeah so i was up there and noticed these little munch marks in my kale and thought okay something's here and looked under the leaves and sure enough saw this little green uh worm and i so i googled it the other aspect of the story is that i noticed there were these little uh what i assumed at upon seeing them were eggs which is disgusting to me and i have i have like a condition <laughs> that when i see like lotus pods or clusters of things mm. i just i get the shivers mm. and it's very upsetting to me so that happened when I saw these little beads, little tiny little balls, mm-hmm. where the stem of the kale met the trunk. I thought, oh, God, it's going to hatch. So I'm like scratching myself because I'm all itchy. <laughs> and I got my spray bottle with my soapy water and cayenne pepper, and I'm just frantically spraying around. And then I go downstairs and, and Google what, what's going on. It turns out what I had is not a worm. It's called a cabbage. It's called a cabbage worm. It's not a worm. It's a caterpillar. Mm-hmm. I have nothing against caterpillars. I just don't want them to eat my food. Mm-hmm. The condo board gave me money to buy these things, and this bug is eating my money. That's how <laughs> I see it. And not only that, these are not eggs, thankfully, mm-hmm. uh, but the alternative is not so great either. It turns out this is caterpillar poop. Right. That the caterpillar, as I visualize it, is on the leaf, munching, munching. They eat a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, these were not small leaves of kale, and the worms were not that big. I don't know. I don't know where it all goes, except I do. They poop, and I'd imagine it just, like, rolling down <laughs> the stem. <laughs> and they're all co- they're all collecting at the base of the stem. It's kind of gross, but that's, you know, comes with the territory of gardening. Mm-hmm. And when I was Googling it, it says, if you have these cabbage worms that are actually caterpillars, there's never just one. There, there are always going to be more than that, so make sure you check thoroughly and stop what's happening, essentially. So, this got me to thinking, and I did go back and I found a, a few more, and I disposed of them. Some of them went in the <laughs> compost bin, right. which went in the freezer. One of them went down a toilet. <laughs> but this got me thinking... So I'm an omnivore. I eat meat. Mm -hmm. I'm relatively unapologetic about it. Mm -hmm. I try to be ethical to the extent that that's possible. Mm -hmm. Know where my meat comes from, all this sort of stuff. All of this is to say I'm not a vegetarian. I understand it. But I'm wondering now, would a vegetarian eat my kale knowing that four caterpillars had to die in order for me to produce this vegetable Mm -hmm. and i don't know the answer (laughs) i don't know i'm not sure either because there are some people who take the the vegetarian argument Mm -hmm. not argument but where they draw the line on that can get quite far further than i would have expected like not eating honey because bees are performing a labor Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but in this case these caterpillars are not laboring they're just eating yeah indiscriminately and pooping all over my kale. Indiscriminately. Indiscriminately. Um, I didn't want to kill them, but I had nowhere else to put them. I'm up on a roof. Right. It's not like I have another plant I don't care about that I would put them on to eat. Do you have a rival condo? 
No. Hmm. Oh, well, that's what I, you got to do. You got to get in a fight. I suppose that's what I should have. Maybe that. I guess. I suppose this is what I should have done. I live near the Dartmouth Common, or there, like, there's public planters all over the place. Mm-hmm. I could have taken. I could have collected the cabbage worms mm-hmm. that are actually caterpillars. I feel like I have to defend them because they've been right. misnamed. Right. Um, not that there's stigma. I suppose maybe there is stigma attached with being a worm compared to a caterpillar, and that's why I'm doing this. Um, but I could have collected them, right, on one of the half-eaten leaves, mm-hmm. and transported them to an alternative location nearby right. that is not kale, but something perfectly edible for caterpillars, and then it could have lived on. Oh, in, I'm in a pleasant setting like the Dartmouth Common. Right. I mean, that's definitely a pro. I, I just think I'm thinking ven- like vengefulness. I'm, yeah. <laughs> like I'm thinking like if there's some like oh Sabotage. they always like park in front of our thing and uh, oh right. I'll show you here are some <laughs> here are some <laughs> cabbage worms and yeah I don't have a gardening rival. Well, you're not, not gardening hard enough. I guess not. <laughs> oh my God! Can you imagine if I was the worst? Do you know how I could have just ruined my reputation? Lots of ways. <laughs> <laughs> but in this particular instance, right. if I had taken those cabbage worms, mm-hmm. all four of them, mm-hmm. and put them on the agave. <laughs> <laughs> I still haven't seen that. Oh, we should walk up after. I meant to go in the other day, and I Great. forgot. That yeah, nice. I checked in on it with my parents a few weeks back. I want right. to go in again. I saw a photo that it's like almost there, or it's it there. Is it's gonna, there. It's going to, well, it's, I don't know if it's supposed to flower. When yeah, I thought I there were like these green sprouts or something on the it looked like tufts like that's how it looked to me tufty plant but they weren't flowers and i don't know if it's supposed to flower i haven't read anything about that either have we talked about the agave on here before are people gonna know what we're talking about we did uh the last episode with mary and maggie Maggie. okay yeah because they were in town and they still months later oh it's months later still a story and it's still around it's still going Mm -hmm. uh we all thought it died and then it came back it's uh, a great feel-good story. I think yeah. it's the sort of thing that people are craving. And actually, this is a good time for us to mention. Uh, I can get a little tie-in here. Um, the Best of Halifax uh, mm. poll by the Coast, uh, their final ballot is up now, and the agave plant is among the nominees for Best <laughs> Halifamous Person. <laughs> I'm going to vote for it. Yeah. Because it's the talk of the town, as I've been telling everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Somebody in this room is also nominated in Best of Halifax, and that is Mr. Adam Myatt <laughs> for Best Comedian. Yeah. So you can go on bestofhalifax.com.ca. I, you know, one I, or the other. I think it's one. It's one or the other for sure. I think it's .com. Um, that made me think of Homestar Runner. That's a totally other story. Right. Um, <laughs> you go on Best of Halifax, probably .com. Probably .com. And you can vote the agave for best Halifamous person, mm-hmm. and at the same time vote for Adam Myatt for best comedian. I also Halifax. noticed uh, when I didn't know, uh, neither of us knew, uh, but we were voting, clicking around, and uh, the comedy night that Lindsay uh, and I host at the Seahorse was also nominated for best comedy night. It was. Yeah. I didn't see that. Someone nominated it. That's great. Yeah, and it's in the voting, so it made it through. Oh, we'll go vote for that too. Yeah, vote for it all. And next year, my goal is to get this podcast nominated for Best Podcast. I know. We tried, but it was a little last minute. I didn't know yeah. that the write-in ballot was happening until about six days before it closed. So yeah. next June, 
next June. We'll be like around more. We'll be a little more yeah. established. Yeah, we'll have like a PR plan in place. Right. Hopefully a couple employees by then. Yeah. And they can mostly do that for us. Yes. So coming up with my laugh of the week, this little last little while has been hard. Mm. I've been finding this a really humorless heat wave. <laughs> um, I just am not laughing much and I'm really uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, but something that did really uh, make me laugh three or four nights ago, um, I was at the bulk barn. Uh, don't remember why, but I was at the bulk barn. And I bought this thing. It was at the cash register called a pet surprise. Um, sometimes I buy myself things like that. I'll buy myself a Kinder Egg or whatever. Right. I don't even want it, really. Yeah. I just sometimes I'm like, I can. And so I do. Because I need some control. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm like, I can buy that. And then I do. So I bought a thing called a pet surprise. It's basically this little plastic barn mm -hmm. that you open the door and there's like a plastic animal that comes out. Okay. It's a tiny thing? Yeah, really tiny. Yeah. Like... You know, a couple inches. It's fairly tiny, small. Um, and so I bought it, and I was like, oh, that'll be fun for later. I saved it. I was like, I'm going to have some snacks. I'll <laughs> open up my pet surprise, see what I got. And so I'm like, I'm sitting at home, and um, I crack open the seal, the pet surprise, super stoked, uh, open the door and shake it out, and my pet was a carrot. <laughs> I, so I pulled a little sheet out of all the different animals you can get. There's literally 12 different animals and one carrot. Well, at least it's, is it a rarity or is it just like a one in 12 chance? <laughs> I think it's a one in 12 chance. Oh. I don't think it's like super special. Oh. Um, and so like I get it like if I bought more than one, um, I could like feed the sheep a carrot or something. But yeah. I was also thinking like, what about the the, the kid who, like, finally convinces his parent to buy him a pet surprise. Yeah. And he gets it home, and he's so excited about his little pet surprise. And he opens it up, and it's a carrot. Are you kidding me? It's disappointing. Like, what? That is a dark world that I can't get into. I can't delve too far <laughs> into. And, and yeah, so I just... So one thing about it I was a little like, oh, maybe, is, like... It's actually spelt pet question mark surprise, technically, if like you're looking at the actual graphic. And so maybe it's kind of like, you thought it was a pet? <laughs> surprise! It's a carrot. <sighs> anyway, so it was kind of frustrating, but also I laughed a lot when I shook that out. Yeah, that that is a surprise for sure. Yeah. Yeah. True to its And name. maybe also some commentary... Not just on the carrot, but the whole name and the question mark yeah. about like the farming industry <laughs> and what's a pet and what's a farm animal, you know. Interesting. I didn't think about that. Yeah. There but there could just, be some just... social commentary they're trying desperately to integrate into this. It's like fish are friends, not food is how mm -hmm. it feels a little bit. Right. Yeah. There you go. New perspective. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Pet Surprise. <laughs> go out and buy a Pet Surprise today. Not a sponsor. <laughs> also not a sponsor. But we're open to it. Yeah. That would be a really funny sponsor. That would be very funny. We could, presumably they would send us some, but we could buy some and like open them here. and We would just get 20 carrots, I'm sure. Yeah. It's statistically impossible, but I feel like it would happen. Yeah, probably. 
And what about uh, what about you? What was yours? Uh, my laugh of the week is well, I I have one specific excerpt, but I would like to recommend the entire book uh, that David Sedaris published this year. I mean, he didn't publish it; he wrote it, and a publisher right. released it for him. Um, <laughs> it's called Calypso, and it's I haven't read everything David Sedaris has written, but I have read a fair amount, mm-hmm. and this was one of my favorites. Uh, in terms of the collections he's put out. Um, It's back to his memoir style, which is my preferred output from him, Mm -hmm. um, compared to things like Squirrel Seeks Chipmunk, which is a bit more uh, fiction, I guess, is how you would categorize it. Um, And having read his diary entries that came out last year, Theft by Finding, um, which is obviously older stuff, it's from 77 to 2002, I think, are the dates on the mm-hmm. book. Um, it was nice to get back, not get back because we haven't been here before, but return to this other s- style of his that I'm so fond of yeah. and to hear from him about more recent happenings in his life. Mm-hmm. Um, so he covers things like uh, his sister Tiffany's suicide, which happened relatively recently, um, his father aging. He's in his 90s now and just observing that. And he and his partner, Hugh buy a beach house in North Carolina for the whole family to go and uh, spend time at Mm. throughout the year. So it's much more, it's not more personal than the diaries, obviously, but it's, there's a a lot about his family. It's very focused on his sort of day-to-day personal life. And I think more content about his family members than I remember from previous stuff, but it's been a while Mm -hmm. uh, since I've uh, read older things. But um, all of that is to say, excellent book. Um, and the typical, what you expect from Sedaris, which is humor amid the mundane and occasionally the morbid. Mm-hmm. Sometimes he's creating the morbidity. Um, and there's a, there are a few things that recur throughout the different stories in this collection. So it's, it's kind of fun to read it all, uh, in, in one sitting mm-hmm. or a few, few sittings over a few days. Um, but I chose one short excerpt to, to share that I, that gave me a good chuckle from near the end of the book. Um, he's talking about being at the this beach house that they've purchased over Thanksgiving weekend. And the reason I like this excerpt is because it's actually something funny that his sister Amy Sedaris mm. says and then him commenting on it. So I thought it's like a double funny. Right. With this like just amusing family mm-hmm. that has produced two of the greatest entertainers in their different styles. Uh, that America has ever seen. I would agree. So here's a short excerpt. I won't do my David Sedaris impression. I'm working on it, but it's not. It's just not there yet. Um, he has a very specific way of speaking. And it's, I, incre- it's my favorite thing yeah, to listen to. I'm trying to replicate it, but it, I'll just do it in my own voice, and you can imagine mm-hmm. Sedaris. On our, I'll try not to do it. It might <laughs> just It'll happen in. by accident. Yeah. There'll be a little... Carolinian accent start to come through. (laughs) On our final evening at the beach over the Thanksgiving weekend, Amy and my niece Madeline usually host a spa night. They dress in uniforms and let it be known beforehand that clients are expected to tip and generously. Facials are given and Kathy offers foot massages. Kathy is his Mm sister-in-law. The treatments feel great, but the best part is listening to Amy, who plays the role of the supervisor. This year, while massaging Clay onto my father's face, she asked him if he was alone this evening or with his gay lover. (laughs) 
I know that a lot of men such as yourself also like their testicles waxed, Amy said. If that is of any interest to you, sir, I can get my trainee, Madeline, right on it. Maddie, are you up for this? It's so subversive, not just insisting that our father is gay, but that his 12-year-old granddaughter might want to rip the hair off his balls. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't imagine a world in which that's how... A, fa- a family interacts. I mean, I it is. I've read lots of his books yep. and lots of his essays, and yeah, and and it is. It's just like it's so weird when people have like those sorts of relationships with family. Mm-hmm. I to, find to it me, weird too, just because it's not my experience. Yeah, the thing that I find kind of fascinating about it, just as a in terms of his success as a writer, is that. You hear all the time people saying like, oh, when you're writing, you have to find something that's a universal experience. Mm-hmm. Nothing, yeah. virtually nothing about what I read in David Sedaris's memoir work is anywhere close to anything I've ever experienced. So mm-hmm. I guess it's the, po- the polar opposite is that, you know, you can have your worldview expanded or see the world in a different way mm-hmm. through reading somebody who's had a totally different family dynamic and upbringing and life experience from your own Mm -hmm. yeah it's interesting because i always think i i kind of i kind of like agree that like to me the most interesting things are tiny specific Mm -hmm. studies of a particular experience as Mm -hmm. opposed to like a bigger thing and i find i usually find those more interesting because i find them more real like they're, they're you know more authentic um and I, I, that's what I would always love about David Sedaris is like there's a bit of that and there's a bit of like there's a bit of a universalness. Yeah, because he does a lot universality. of universality. <laughs> he he does a lot of observational writing as yeah. well. Yeah, it, it reminds me of it, one of my favorite things he ever wrote was just talking about being behind this couple um, waiting to order a coffee, and it was on an episode of This American Life, so you actually get to hear him mm. say speak it, and like read the story, mm-hmm. and it's one of the funniest things I've ever. I've ever listened to. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess maybe that's what it is. There's this balance in his writing of everyday observation and pointing out the absurdity mm-hmm. of the human condition. And then this very particular family that he is a part of. Yeah. And their experience that is also highly specific, but not in a universal observational sort of a way. Mm-hmm. You can listen to LOL You're Gay on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and wherever you find your podcasts. If we're not in your favorite podcast app, please let us know and we'll try to make it happen. You can find us online on Instagram and Twitter at LOL You're Gay Pod. That's spelled L-O-L-U-R-G-A-Y-P-O-D. And on Facebook.com slash LOL You Are Gay Pod. And if you would like to get in touch with us via email, you can do that at LOL You Are Gay Pod at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. Now please enjoy This Week in Royalty Free Music.